NFL Edge. I'm Dave Rothenberg. She is Kristen Rogers. Kristen, I mean, week one is in the books. You had some wild games, uh, Kansas City, Cleveland. We had the Monday night affair, which was unbelievable. First game in Las Vegas with fans. We have a lot to do, as we always do. We'll go through our fantasy selections, our gambling look ahead and look back. But before we do anything, let me welcome in my co-host, Kristen Rogers. Hello, hello, Dave. I mean, how about that Monday night football game? I mean, honestly, I thought that game looked drunker than a lot of those Las Vegas fans out there for the first regular season game at Allegiant. But man, it did not did not disappoint. It definitely gave us all the antics we wanted to see. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw everything. We saw Lamar Jackson fumbling the football all over the place. We saw Derek Carr look atrocious and then play well. The one thing I will sit here and tell you is... How good is Darren Waller? I mean, my God, not only is he great, but all they want to do offensively, Kristen, is get the ball in his hands. I mean, it feels like every single play is let's line Waller up outside. Let's try to get the ball to him. And I mean, what's the saying? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, that guy is a sure thing right now. But I think my favorite thing to come out of that Monday night game and not just uh, (laughs) that overtime antic that we saw from both teams and the the hugs that were a little bit uh, too premature. Uh, Gruden, after the game, said that he died. He came back. He died again. Felt like I died and, and woke up and died again. And I was like a cat. I had multiple lives tonight. I don't like playing like that. It was um, tough, but we, we did a lot of really good things to win that football game tonight. He said he felt like a cat, and I have realized that the Raiders and Gruden were not just any cat. They were the cat from the Hard Rock Stadium from this weekend. The cat that was hanging on for its life in the Miami Hurricanes game only to fall down within a flag and be saved. That was the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. That, that's great. I got to tell you, if that cat was at the Giants game on Sunday, I think I would have I would have pushed it to just jump and, and end the misery that it was witnessing at MetLife Stadium. Because, uh, my, my God, I mean, no, no one should have to sit through that and it looks like another year of just disastrous football i love the giants you know that you have the eagles uh, you know fandom i'm bothered by that we'll get to that in a little bit but i I mean kristen the giants stink i'm one week in and i'm i I already can't imagine a year where i have to watch 16 more of these fumbling the ball and seven points in legitimate you know playing time on the field like it's terrible the Giants look awful against a team that I don't think is gonna be great to begin with yeah no I mean as for the Giants I mean they still can't score I mean, I, I, I don't know what else you want me to say at this point. Their offensive line was horrible. Daniel Jones just continues to be the, not the Danny Dimes that we've been wanting to see. I mean, I, I feel like I should start building you a soapbox because I, I think that each week this level is just going to get lar- higher and higher for you to to proclaim to the mountains and all of the Giants fandom that, I mean, that this season feels over even though it's it's 0-1. So you agree with me then? You, you look at the Giants and you have tremendous concern right now? I do. I do. From from their offensive line. I mean, Sterling Shepard, I think if, when we get into fantasy, I think he's, you know, decent. Um, but I, I think for where this team is at and where it's headed and just not having answers on both sides of the ball, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I, I don't know how you could be. All right, let's give you a couple of minutes here. Um, you picked the Philadelphia Eagles, but not only did you pick them, forget about that. We'll get to our gambling picks later in the show. And oh my God, well, mine were awful in week one and you did very, very well. But the Eagles looked tremendous. And, you know, we all laughed at Nick Sirianni coming in in the opening press conference. Now, I don't know, Chris, 
situation if it's more a, a product that Atlanta is just going to be dreadful or maybe the Eagles are going to be better than we thought. And, and I got to be fair. I mean, Jalen Hurts looked really good in the in the opening week. I mean, I keep hearing Dak Prescott this, Dak Prescott that, and albeit he had a great game on Thursday night. But Jalen Hurts is my favorite quarterback in the NFC East right now. I mean, he just looks so efficient. He didn't turn the ball over. What we saw from him last year and all the questions if Hurts was a flash in the pan in his rookie season, he proved that he's not because he's not turning the ball over. You also have the offensive line that is so solid and protecting him right now. I mean, you had Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson that are back and healthy. And just props to Nick Sirianni for putting together a great game plan. They were very creative in their play calling. And when you look at that young core, you have Hurts, you have Devonta Smith. I mean, how about that first touchdown? You have Jalen Rager, Miles Sanders. I'm I mean, this is a young core of guys that can be together for a while on that offense. And then defensively, I mean, this defensive line is everything that we knew that they were going to be. It was a little concerning to see Rodney McLeod, obviously a little bit banged up right now, wasn't able to play. But Bird's defense, um, I, I, maybe that is the question of whether that's the, the Atlanta offense and um, who we didn't think they were going to be this season. Um, had some higher expectations for, for Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts. But um, I give all the credits to the Eagles in that one. You're going to be a tremendous problem. I mean, I, I can already tell. I mean, if, if no, if the Eagles are good I, for for so many reasons, just for my sanity, for my health, for my well-being, I don't want Philadelphia to be good. But now you're going to be a problem when it comes to Philadelphia. I, I'm going to root doubly hard against this team. Really, yeah, 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 du- doubly, yeah. triply hard. Um, Bring it on. You know what surprised me this week that the Buffalo Bills offense was so. I mean, let's be fair. They were bad against Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh's defense is really good, but any concern there? I know it's week one, and I know this is what we do. We overreact always after week one. But any concern there with the the Buffalo offense? Because Allen was not great. Uh, They couldn't throw the ball downfield. They scored 16 points and had the opening kickoff return deep into Pittsburgh territory. So is this more Steelers defense lights out? Buffalo offense a concern? I think it's a little bit of both. I think maybe – I mean – First of all, great on the Steelers' defense for being able to to shut down the Bills when they needed to. Because what you saw the the Steelers put up the Steelers' offense put up 17 points there in the fourth quarter. I mean, Steelers' offense was rolling, but the fact that the Bills weren't able to answer that was surprising to me. I mean, when you look at Josh Allen and you look at that receiving core, we expect them to be able to turn up these magical big plays when they need to, and they weren't able to do that at all on Sunday. No, uh, if I'm a Bills fan, because the expectation with the Bills were so high and to go out there and lay an egg in week one all of a sudden and you know that you remember the old adage like if you're 0-2 to start a season you make the, the playoffs 15% of the time or whatever it is um, now there's 17 games so the numbers statistically will be different but Buffalo at Miami this week this is a really really vital game for the Buffalo Bills yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, especially because, you know, what we saw from Miami there in week one as well. And and you, you're, what did you name it again? The Nick Saban Bowl that we saw between the, the Patriots and, and the Dolphins. What do you think about that? Uh, I thought Tua was really good. Uh, I thought Mac Jones was good, too. I thought the quarterback play was excellent. Um, Bill Belichick's got to be beside himself because I thought the quarterback play was good. Um, and I think that Damian Harris, because, you know, Belichick can't stand it with running backs fumble the ball. So to fumble the ball as you're – I mean, you have the lead. You know you'll go up at least 19-17. If you don't score a touchdown even, you probably win that game. But he fumbles at the seven-yard line and the Patriots lose that game. Mark these words. Mark the – and we'll get to it when we get 
get into fantasy in a little bit. Damian Harris, if you have him and someone wants him, trade him. Because I'm telling you that Bill Belichick will not tolerate a running back who fumbles in that kind of situation. Oh, no. I mean, I, I'm honestly, you know, I, this is a little bit of college for you. I went to USC. I, you know, obviously saw Clay Helton get uh, removed from, from the program. And I feel like we should see the same thing with um, with the Patriots right now as well. There is a very short leash, leash, especially when it comes to Bill Belichick. And like we saw with SC as well, short leash when it comes to that fandom. Too. Yeah. And Ramondre Stevenson fumbled as well. So God knows what he'll do uh, in, in week two against the Jets, but that is a somewhat favorable matchup. Um, so your Eagles win. We mentioned the Giants lost already. Uh, the Cowboys lost and, and Washington lost as well. Your Philadelphia Eagles are one and oh, everybody else in the division. Oh, and one Ryan Fitzpatrick is now hurt. Antonio Gibson was, with another running back fumble, which was horrendous uh, down near their own goal line. Chargers with a win. Good win, Chargers. Tough loss for Washington. Hey, yeah, so another viral moment from this weekend here, Dave. Did you see the video of the sewage leak in Landover? Because yeah. it feels like that is the Washington quarterback situation once again. I mean, they have sprung a leak. And now we have Mr. Taylor Heineke coming in once again. And, you know, we, we've seen some maybe flashes here and there for him. But, um... I mean, you know, Washington was what? They were favored along with the Cowboys to win the NFC East going into the season. And I think that they are going right back down to the bottom. Yeah, especially with that their quarterback. Although Heineke is certainly serviceable. Let me ask you a question and put you on the spot. What impressed you the most from week one? And and I, you're not allowed to say the Eagles. We've already talked about them enough. Something we haven't talked about at length so far. What team, what player, what fill in the blank impressed Kristen the most in week one? Yeah, it was a team that lost, but those Cleveland Browns, man, I was not expecting to see that kind of performance from that team. And I mean, that was, I know we talked about it on on the podcast on Friday, that that was going to be the game that we wanted to see more than anything else. And it lived up to the hype. I mean, yes, the Browns browned at the end, but I would take 17 or 18 weeks of that game in a row. It was so entertaining. Oh, Cleveland's going to win a lot of football games this year, too. Although I will say, at the end of the game, needing a score, Patrick Mahomes delivers and the Cleveland Browns, you know, fall because Baker Mayfield gets picked off. So, I mean, I just I don't know that I have complete confidence in Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I I think that's still a little bit of a a little bit of a question, Um, but I think that's maybe more of a. Um, more props to Patrick Mahomes and what he was able to do. And I feel like maybe that's a trend that we saw here in week one was quarterbacks, you know, trying to make a drive two minutes left in the game. Cause we saw a lot of that, both from the Monday night game from, from Cleveland and the Browns. I mean, uh, from Russell Wilson. I mean, there, there was just a lot of, of, of great quarterback play and bad quarterback play. And I feel like that's how we're going to determine week one's winners and losers. All right. So, so you look at Cleveland as a winner, even though they lost, I'm going to give my kind of winner of the, week to Arizona. I mean, Tennessee was kind of everyone's darling in the AFC to watch Arizona. They didn't go in there and beat them. They went in there and humiliated a team that most think is going to be competing for a playoff spot. Chandler Jones had five sacks in that game. He was phenomenal. Kyler Murray was sensational, right? I mean, DeAndre Hopkins picks up where he left off. That's a team. Not only is that a division, which with the NFC West, you have to look at and say, oh, dear God, is that a great division? But the Cardinals impressed me mightily in week one. 
I mean, we'll get into this with fantasy. I'm going to be honest. I got absolutely wrecked in week one because I went up against Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, and they went off for something like 65 plus points together. It was absolutely ridiculous. That said, how about the NFC West right now? I mean, they all finished 4-0 for the for the week one, and you look over at the NFC North, and it's 0-4. I mean, NFC West, I think, is the the easily the best division that we're oh, seeing. Oh, it's not right close. It's it's not close. And look at these teams. Here's the thing. Arizona, I mean, they can all legitimately be playoff teams. Arizona's a good football team and maybe even better than we thought. San Francisco, we know they're going to be good. They're well coached. They have a ton of talent. They lose Mostert, but they'll be fine. And we'll, we'll cover that for you in a little bit here on the NFL Edge. Um, Seattle, I mean, you, you go into Indianapolis and run them over. I mean, that's a very impressive win, a very impressive win. So that division right now to me it, it, and the Rams, I mean, I didn't think their defense was great on Sunday night, to be honest with you, but a convincing win over Chicago nonetheless. That That is a beast of a division. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think what was great, too, looking at that Rams-Bears game is just the atmosphere that they're creating at SoFi Stadium, knowing that the Super Bowl is going to be there come February. I'm I'm, I'm really excited. You know what? We may see one of those NFC West. I was about to say NFC East. <laughs> My apologies. No, we may see one of those NFC West teams playing in SoFi come February. Maybe it is the Rams. I mean, that that offense looked really great under Matt Stafford. And I think what's crazy is people are, are hyping up Stafford. Stafford, rightfully so, but it's almost like people forgot that Stafford is a veteran quarterback that has been in the league so long. Like, just because he was in Detroit doesn't mean that he wasn't putting up great numbers and great stats. Well, I think you lose sight of the fact of you're you're in like football Siberia. You know, you're, you're succeeding in in Detroit, and even the success he had in Detroit. Ha- I mean, nobody cared. It was it. It's not like it was the ultimate success. It was almost almost irrelevant the way he was playing there. So he was he's a tough guy. But they went deep a number of times. Cup had a long touchdown. Uh, I think Van Jefferson had a long touchdown. Very impressed with what the uh, the Rams brought to the table. But I, I got to say, I'm thinking about this for the NFC. If you're Tom Brady, although the Saints look great too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. The, uh, my, my God, how, how good did the Saints look? Or did the Saints look good because the Packers look so bad? Maybe so, but nobody, including me, because I took the Packers, uh, hang my head in yeah, shame, my, yeah. minus minus the three and a half. Like, I almost feel like I should start to, 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 to dye my hair blonde now with my performance <laughs> in week one. But it's a long season. But how great did the Saints look? How, you know, they're, they're, they're displaced from their home. They can't play in the Superdome. They have to travel to Jacksonville. They're going up against a team that you're, you're terrified of with Aaron Rodgers. And Jameis Winston, you don't know what he's going to be. And to give you that. I mean, that's another one of those major performances in week one. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I I think maybe a lot of us or maybe it was just me wrote off Jameis Winston after all of the jokes that you could have made for the last few seasons of just how many turnovers he put together. I mean, he, he was equal with turnovers and touchdowns, but he looked great. I mean, this is a Saints team that is rolling right now, but I still think on that other side of the ball, as great as the Saints looked, I am so concerned about this Green Bay team. I mean, it's the worst regular season Ross for Aaron Rodgers in his 17 seasons. And I mean, how much of this is mental right now? 
I mean, I how I, I think that there is a direct correlation to what we saw from the Packers to all of the drama that we saw in the offseason with Aaron. And, you know, I always looked at the language between players and coaches to see if they're on the same page. And after the game, Matt LaFleur said, um, you know, that what was the, the quote? They were absolutely embarrassed by the Saints. And then Aaron shot that down and was like, no, no, it was just one game. Dude, you got embarrassed. It's time to admit it. All of the drama that went through this offseason is not putting this team up for success right now. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers' look? Uh, I mean, I, I, I feel like he looks a little greasy, no? Like, like the, the, the hair, the man bun. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that. You know what I'll say? So his fiance, uh, Shailene Woodley, is, is very into um, – natural holistic practices uh i this is getting some very inside celebrity news here but i i think she's starting to pass it on a little bit to to aaron he's all about living that kind of calm vibe actually you know those insurance commercials where he says that he he puts on the sunglasses and he says he's just another singer songwriter uh yes know, playing the guitar that's the guy that we saw show up on sunday not the aaron Rodgers mvp that we've seen in seasons past no no, no. it is the singer songwriter aaron Rodgers. And until they can get back uh, an actual quarterback, I think Green Bay should be scared. Who, who would think that you tune in for the NFL Edge and a People magazine would break out here with Kristen Rogers and Dave what Rothenberg? I'm here for. Oh, Bring you me the are best tremendous. Of pop culture in the NFL every single day. All right, so there we've gone around the NFL Week One. Now let's turn our attention to some fantasy football. How did you do Week One? Give us an overview of what happened with your fantasy leagues, Kristen. Yeah, Dave, I got wrecked. <laughs> I am about to go buy some sage. I am going to send it to Tennessee. I'm going to give it to one Derek Henry and have him start getting all that bad juju out of his locker, out of that locker room. I mean, I'm, I'm going to express mail some sage to him right now. I, I'm a little concerned about what we saw, specifically because I also went up against both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and the Steelers defense Ugh. and Christian McCaffrey. So all around you got wrecked every single everywhere you got wrecked this weekend. I was not expecting this. I mean, I have Lamar Jackson thought he, you know, he put up some good numbers for me, but realistically, Derrick Henry was just my biggest disappointment. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm going to do some, some, you know, maybe some rain dances, kind of wash some stuff away. It's time for, you know, a, a, it, it, isn't that the case whenever you start 0-1 both in fantasy and in the regular NFL season? I mean, Yeah, I but like you got to take it easy. You re- Can I talk you off the ledge? Because I'm in, do. I think I'm in seven leagues, maybe six, possibly seven. And I, I did well. I was either four and two or five and two. Like I, I did, I did really well. Um, Darren Waller killed me. The, the discussion we had last week where I asked my producers, do I start Dak Prescott or do I start Kirk Cousins? And they exclaimed, oh, you have to start Kirk, uh, Dak Prescott. I mean, Kirk Cousins over Prescott. I went with Cousins. I would have won the game had I started Prescott. So I got sabotaged in week one. But here, here's the thing. It's one week. I want to run through a couple of names with you because you already tell me you're worried about Derrick Henry. A couple yep. of big name star players that had suboptimal week ones and i want to see where the worry meter is for you you ready let's go all right and i'll i'll, I'll give my insight as well saquon barkley yeah, I'm worried, but here's the thing. I have had Saquon on my fantasy team for the last two years, and I have been burned by him, given it was because of injuries. That said, I purposefully did not touch him, and now I feel smart not touching him on my fantasy team this year. 
So I agree with you. Uh, I think the worry has to be high because, first of all, they didn't get a ton of touches, which I think will increase moving forward. But again, like we discussed earlier, I think the Giants offensively are just kind of a, a train wreck, and I don't know how much he's going to do for the Giants this year. But I will I will say this. In a 16-team league, a yeah, 16-team league, I got Saquon 14. So I do feel okay about the risk-reward there for taking him yep. 14th overall. But I agree. If, you, if you're one of these people that took Saquon 6 or 7 or 8, I, I would be distraught at the moment. Not feeling great right now. Now, I know you say you're worried about Derrick Henry. Are you worried to the point that if someone called you after we're done with the podcast and said, I'd like to make you a reasonable offer for Derrick Henry, you would listen? Oh, heck no. I told you, I am going to continue to put all of my faith into Derrick Henry. I'm going to put my faith into that sage that I'm sending him. But no, I mean, look, he is, I, I think I got him fifth. I was the, the fifth pick in this year's draft. I got him fifth overall. I mean, look, he's a guy that you need to take. You need to continue to start. And I think that Vrabel is going to get into that team. I'm going to jump ahead. I think we're, we're, we're going to talk about Julio Jones as well. And to be honest, the only thing that Julio did was just commit a dumb penalty last week. Um, so I think Vrabel is going to get that team in check because I really do love the Titans roster. I'm, I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup against Seattle coming up this week, but I'm I'm still all in on Tennessee for now. All right. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. If, you, if you're listening to this right now and you are like, oh, I, I would really consider trading Derrick Henry. You're, you're, you're way too premature on this. He's going to be fine. I promise you he's going to be fine. It's not like he, they didn't use him at all. They fell behind by a ton. So the game plan had to change. They didn't run the ball effectively. I would not at all panic about Derrick Henry, who, by the way, still had almost 60 yards rushing and almost 20 yards receiving. So it's even a bad game for Derrick Henry. It's not like he gave you zero. He gave you like seven or eight points. Fine. We'll leave that at that. We both agree. All right. You touched on this earlier. I want to get to it. Aaron Rodgers. Worry level, yeah. fantasy-wise, Aaron Rodgers is at what? I, I mean, I'm going to put it at maybe a, a six. I, I, I think that this game proved that veterans need to have at least one preseason game under their belt or a few snaps in a preseason game. I can say that, and then I can also look at Russell Wilson and say that is definitely not the case. But I look, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to shake it off. I, I think we're going to see some good things coming from this Green Bay team. I also don't think that Aaron Rodgers is not going to respond to, again, coming off the worst regular season loss in his 17-year career. Rodgers is going to be fine. Uh, it's another one I stand by. Saints defense is really good. He was he was not. Listen, he had a bad game. They fell behind. It all kind of fell apart. Uh, they played Detroit this coming week. If Aaron Rodgers has a bad game in week two at home with the entire country watching against the Lions, we will revisit this very conversation. But I'm not at all concerned. Um, another one I'm not concerned about. So let me tip my hand first. I'm not at all worried. Your take on Niners receiver Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I mean, what a situation going on with San Francisco right now. I think we can clearly say that Debo Samuel is the guy. Um, and I really like Eli Mitchell. And I know we're going to get to some of the guys that we like here in a second. But, um, you know, not having Ayuk out there, it was Shanahan said it was something to do with the fact that he was in and out of camp with hamstring injuries. I don't know. I feel like there it's one of those situations where they're saying, okay, look at the curtain here. Don't look what's what, with the man behind the curtain, what's happening behind the curtain right now. I mean, I, I have a couple of questions about what's happening in, in San Francisco, but from the personnel standpoint of sides, not from the standpoint of what they're doing on the field, because this team looks great to me right now. I'm not going to touch Ayuk right now. Um, I, I'm not. Really? I'm not. 
Yeah, I, I think I think it's I think it's a mistake from you. I really do. It's one week. I understand he wasn't part of the offense. Samuel's not going to dominate like that every single week. I think he, if you could somehow get Ayuk at, at a low trade, I, I would absolutely go ahead and do that because I think you're making a tremendous mistake by sleeping on him right now. Well, thank you for saying that. I'm making a tremendous mistake. We'll see how it shakes out here in week two. All right. Um, are you insulted? Did you, you think I was rude to you there? Never. Never. Okay. I, I, I felt like you might have been short with me, but okay. Uh, Julio Jones. <laughs> this is one I am. I, I'm not panicked, but I can see panic. I don't know. Something doesn't feel right about this to me. Uh, he's not young anymore. Uh, I, I don't know what number option he's going to be on this team. And maybe I'm wrong. And maybe you could buy him low after week one. But I would be very leery of Julio Jones. Why is that? I, ju- I just don't know what he is at this point. I, I really don't. He was, I mean, almost, Kristen, non-existent in week one. And I, I'm concerned that maybe he's not going to be as big a part of that offense as I thought he would be. I think A.J. Brown is is defined as the number one guy. Uh, I think he's probably a better receiver at this point than Julio Jones. Obviously, the connection is there with Tannehill. And, and we know that Derrick Henry is going to be better. So now I'm looking at a third option on this team. Maybe I'm wrong. And I'm not saying I would just dump him to dump him. But if I could get good value in return for Julio Jones, I think I would do it. Yeah, I mean, that may not be may not be a bad call. Like I said, the only thing that I think he did this past week was just commit a terrible penalty. Terrible. Yeah, and I mean, that, and also that would have helped Derrick Henry's stats, but who am I to say? All right, I want to run through a couple of guys, and I want you to give me some as well. We'll kind of bounce back and forth here. Guys that you looked at probably are going to be available on your waiver wire, which you should pick up, hold on to, and we'll see what they are. You start. I know where you want to start. I don't want to steal your thunder have at it yeah I, and I feel like I'm really looking at the NFC West because I think like we said earlier that division is just going off right now I mean Eli Mitchell for the 49ers um I think we're gonna see a lot more of him right now I think we're also gonna see a little bit more of Trey Sermon he was a healthy scratch just because of numbers per per Shanahan but I mean with Raheem Mostert out for a while I think we can expect a lot more from Mitchell love him from the 49ers yeah I like him as well and I gotta be honest with you and, and it changes on a dime doesn't it in fantasy football I will be honest I watch football nonstop. Stop. I love it. Love it more than almost anything in my life. I didn't know Eli Mitchell walked the planet up until the game took place on Sunday. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I didn't know this man existed. And man, that is the East Coast bias at its finest right now. Oh, you're going to uh, give me the breakdown. Give me the scouting report on Eli Mitchell. Go ahead. I want, I want to hear this from you. No, no, no. I mean, look, he's not a guy that I think any of us thought was going to make that kind of impact here in week one. But Shanahan, I mean, he he knows best. He's the one that came out and said that Mitchell won that fair and square and you know, looked really good in training camp, so gave him the nod. A uh, couple of guys we mentioned, and I, I mentioned and gave to everyone last week, Tyson Williams, and he was very good on Monday Night Football, scored a touchdown, had a big run on that fourth down play. So he's someone you absolutely want to hang on to. Do not let him go. But they signed Latavius Murray, and they activated him, and he played, and he played pretty well um, also. So the two guys right now that I need to own on Baltimore, I think most are probably uh, already in on Tyson Williams and he's probably not available in a ton of leagues. If Latavius Murray is in fact available, I think you have to snap him up immediately on the waiver wire. Yeah, 100%. I mean, what they always say that the first week of, you know, being with a new team kind of in that situation for Murray, that he maybe maybe has like 50% of the, of the playbook really under his belt. So knowing that they can open up things for him right now, 
oh yeah, I think he's going to be dangerous. Uh, how about Sammy Watkins? He, he winds up on Baltimore. Now, I know that they're going to get Rashad Bateman back at some point, but he went for four catches, 96 yards, and he was a legitimate deep threat. And not only did he have four catches, Kristen, they threw the ball in his direction eight times. He was targeted eight times. I think Sammy Watkins is a nice pickup this week. Oh, for sure. I mean, we saw what he's been able to do with in Kansas City in the past, and, you know, obviously a new offense for him here right now. But he looks like a reliable guy for the Baltimore Ravens. Who else do you have on your list? Is there anyone else out there that we can kind of throw to the people listening to the NFL Edge podcast yes, right now? Yeah, I have two, and they're both in the NFC West. Christian Kirk for Arizona. Yeah, um, I, I think he's going to be a great pickup if you can get him. And then Van Jefferson. Um, I mean, he is really able to stretch the field right now for the Rams. Obviously, you have Cooper Cup. Um, I personally have Robert Woods on my fantasy team because of that USC connection. Fight on. That said, I, I think that Van Jefferson is going to be continued to um, continue to exploit against some of those defenses. Uh, by the way, I, I couldn't find Robert Woods. I'm looking for him. Where, where is Robert Woods? Where, where is Robert Woods? And my 11-year-old finally turns to me and says, Dad, he changed his number to number two from 17. Like, oh, there's Robert Woods. Now I see what's going on. Uh, Kristen, quarterbacks, couple available that had big weeks. Jameis Winston, Five touchdowns. So I know there are a lot of people that play in two quarterback leagues. I would imagine that Winston is owned. If he's not, at a minimum of a backup quarterback, got to pick him up. Derek Carr, monster week as well. Started out slow, but finished strong. And I, I don't want you to punch me through the screen here. Jared Goff. I mean, there's going to be a lot of garbage time for the Lions and Jared Goff. And he produced and he put up really big numbers in week one. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't think we we ever have been concerned about Goff's stats or Goff's fantasy numbers in the past. Stats, maybe, yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think when you talk about that that time that we're going to see the Lions start to, um, what do you say, not garbage time, but when the, the, the rebuilding period in the fourth quarter when you're able to, you know, you're down a bunch and you're starting to put some plays in to figure some things out. I think that we're going to see a lot from Jared Goff, but in the fourth quarter, as you mentioned. Uh, let me give you the last word. Is there anybody that we're missing that people should kind of really keep an eye on and, uh, and look to pick up heading into week one waivers? Because week one waivers is huge, right? You can really get guys that are going to help you throughout the season. So I, I don't want to rush through it. Is there anyone else that we're missing that our listeners should probably go and, and make a move for? Um, You know what? I was talking with someone that said that Brandon Cooks was available mm. in your league. So, I mean, maybe that's, you know, there's just been such a knock on the Texans. So, yes, I, I said immediately, yes, go grab him. Yeah, Philip Lindsay as well had a touchdown in week one. And the Texans looked, they looked, now I don't know if it was a byproduct of taking on the Jaguars, but the Texans looked better than I think most of us anticipated. So, there is your little helper as far as the fantasy is concerned. Now the NFL edge turns to some gambling. We had our, our picks in, in week one, and I'm, I'm humbled by what I did in week one. But I, I want to bring in the man that's keeping score for us, our esteemed producer, one RJ Santillo. Uh, hello, RJ. Oh, hello to both of you. Hi. So tell us, where are we from week one? And we need to revisit the wager because I put up what I would do if I lose. Kristen is yet to put up what she will do if, in fact, and when, hopefully, she does lose. So give us the standings, and then let's let's iron out the official wager, and then we'll look ahead to week two with the numbers. 
All right, so real quick. Kristen took the Niners minus eight. That was a push. That was her only non-victory. She then took the Eagles plus three and a half at the Falcons. That was never close. And she took the Rams minus seven and a half against the Bears, and that was an easy cover as well. Let's go. If we're keeping track just as a bonus, she took the Niners and Survivor. Dave, that was the only place that you succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise... You were not great. Uh, I have faith you will be better, but you took the Jags minus three. Now, that would, t- in your defense, that was a trendy pick. Uh, I don't think anyone expected the Texans to do what they did, but that was a loss. The Packers minus three and a half was the most shocking result of the week, if you ask many. That was in Jacksonville, but technically a road game at New Orleans. And the Giants plus three against Denver. That hurt you both in these picks and in your soul. So you were 0-3, Kristen, 2-0-1. Oh, so I'm behind the eight ball to start. Now, here, here's the issue. I didn't just pick three losers. Like, if I took Washington, if I took Baltimore, you'd say, boy, Dave was he was right there. I took three games which were really, for the most part, non-competitive. Jacksonville lost by 35. Green Bay lost by 107. And the Giants put up seven points up until the final play of the game. I don't think I could have had a worse week in week one than I did giving you an 0-3. Yeah, not a great start for you at all. Meanwhile, I'm feeling pretty comfortable here right now. All right, so so, so RJ, you hear her, her, her cockiness. You hear how comfortable <laughs> she sits. You heard last week that if I lose the wager against Kristen, I will dye my hair blonde. It's happened before in football wagers I put it out there on the table Kristen hemmed and hawed and what should we do and what would her part be well now you have a comfortable lead I want you to put up something big so RJ I turn to you and Kristen I turn back to you what are you putting up if in fact you lose the football wager this season all right you ready for this yes it better it better be good (laughs) if I lose this season I will rent a mascot costume of your choice Stand on a block for an hour and hold up a sign that says Dave Rothenberg is your picks king. Video oh, I love this. live streaming. I mean, we'll go on Instagram oh, live. I, you I love this. Pick out the mascot costume of your choice, but I will stand on the corner for an hour with a sign proclaiming to all that you are the best. And I don't want a back alley corner. All right. No. I want a major intersection. Like if, if Geico were to send their guy out to flip the sign over and over to try to drum up business, I want you next to someone like that. I 100%. want, I want a, I want a major, like I want the corner of, of Broadway and at a street, like a major, a major thoroughfare out there on the West coast. Done. And we'll put it on Instagram, Facebook, for all to see. RJ, I feel like this wager is, is, I feel great about this right now. I will say now in total transparency, when people make wagers like this, I often roll my eyes and it's often sad and horrifying what's at stake. This is, this is the real deal. There's going to be somebody standing out at a street corner or Dave with blonde hair. And and if you're listening, Dave does not have blonde hair. He has nothing close to blonde hair. There's nothing that resembles blonde hair. So him having blonde hair would look shocking and, and largely abhorrent. Now, uh, quickly, before we move on to looking at the early numbers for week two, do you remember... God, I'm saying probably seven years ago, RJ, when I had to dye my hair blonde because I lost football wagers at, at our station in New York. 
Yes, you look like a crazy person. <laughs> yes. In fact, Kristen, I look like a crazy person. And, and I like what you put up. Then you have a comfortable lead, but we're only week one. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to run quickly through some of the numbers uh, for week two around the NFL. Uh, Giants on the road, Washington, Thursday night of this week. And we're not going to be back on, so let's kind of give our thoughts on this one. We're not going to be back on until after that game is played later in the week. Uh, Washington, Taylor Heineke at quarterback, they're giving three. Uh, this is, and I've said this before, Kristen, this is the last stand for the Giants. If the Giants do not win this game on Thursday night, I think the season spirals out of control. I kind of like the Giants plus the three, to be honest with you. Interesting. Okay, I'll take it on the other side. I'll take Washington. Um, I mean, this we've seen this number move already since it opened. Um, it's dropped a bit, but I think even Heineke, you know, we've seen some flashes from him in the past. I think that knowing how good that Washington defense can be as well. I, I don't think that the Giants are going to come out with a victory from Landover. All right. Very, very positive. I'm optimistic for you. Now, You're let welcome. me say this before before we move on to any any further game. I'm not involving myself in that game for our three pack of picks. Are you? No, sir. Not the NFC East. You never know what's going to happen. I'm not touching it. Okay, so then we will not be involved in that game. Uh, Raiders at the Steelers, two teams that uh, both won this past weekend. Short week and a lot of travel for the Raiders. Pittsburgh is giving five and a half in this one. Stop me if there's something that jumps off the page to you. Otherwise, let me just kind of whip through. I just think the number's too high. Okay, so you're intrigued by the Raiders on the road against Pittsburgh in this game. I am. Okay, yeah. uh, over under, by the way, 47 and a half. Um, Patriots at Jets. Now, this number opened at three and a half, and it is now five and a half. And my early thought is I love New England in this game. I know it's a big number, but Zach Wilson against a Belichick defense coming off that loss. I don't know. I do not like the Jets whatsoever in this one. Well, and the Jets just had another offensive line injury. I mean, knowing that Zach Wilson was already running for his life in week one, I think the Patriots are going to get after him very quickly in that game. Uh, Rams and Colts. Uh, Colts 0-1. Rams on the road. They are 1-0. Rams giving four points. I would tend to stay away from this game. Again, stop me if there's a game that you want to uh, get involved with as far as conversation is concerned. The Browns, it's a big number. And they played so well. I understand why it is. Uh, Browns giving 12.5 in the dog pound against the Houston Texans. The 1-0 Houston Texans. I am so interested in this game. I mean, I I think that the number is pretty high right now because I still don't know exactly what to expect from this Texans team but I'm interested to see how this number moves uh, for the next few days. Let me break it down for you. The Texans are going to be horrendous. Absolutely <laughs> horrendous this Didn't season. did you say that last week? Uh, yeah, I did and I picked the Jaguars so don't listen to me. Uh, the Bears giving three to the Bengals. Cincinnati with an overtime win at the buzzer. Uh, Bears were okay. Uh, they moved the ball, I thought, effectively. You got to see a little bit of Justin Fields but at the end of the day, uh, they did lose by double digits to the LA Rams. But this should be interesting. Uh, Bears hosting the Bengals. I'm rooting for the Bengals. I'm rooting against the Bears every single week because the Giants have their number one pick. Uh, Broncos at the Jaguars. Denver starting out on the road with their first couple of games. And Denver gives six to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I feel like Denver maybe has found their quarterback after like, what, 11, 12 tries at this point. Um, yeah, I, I like the Broncos here. I'm not going to touch this game. Not going to give my final picks until. No, you until don't later. have to. You don't have to, to, to let us know what path you're looking towards now. It's early in the week and you have days to figure it out. So I, you don't have to tip your hand by any stretch. Huge game in the AFC East. I mean, this is a monster. Bills on the road in Miami. Buffalo laying three points against the Dolphins at first glance I think I like Buffalo minus the three in this one 
Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. I, I think it just depends on what Buffalo offense we're going to see in the fourth quarter if this game gets tight. And the heat down in Miami, you never know, because it could be very, very hot down there uh, in that one. God, Niners, three and a half against your Philadelphia Eagles. Ride the bandwagon. Ride it like Seabiscuit. Take the Eagles plus the three and a half. No, no. I think San Francisco's looking so good right now. I mean, I know that they're going on the road, but I, I think that I, I think I like the Niners in this game, but we'll talk a little bit more about it later this week. Yeah, but these are your two teams. So I asked you this before we started the show we, a couple weeks ago. Uh, let me revisit now. Niners, Eagles, you're all in, right? You're rooting for the Niners and you hope the Eagles fail miserably in this one. I just hope everyone has fun. Oh, stop it. <laughs> this is not nine-year-old soccer. Nobody's going to have fun if they lose the game. What a terrible take by you. Saints at the Panthers. Uh, Saints, maybe the performance of the week. Panthers, good win against the Jets as well. Uh, Saints giving three and a half. Yep. No, I, I, I like the Saints here. Um, interested to see what, what Carolina can bring after what we saw in week one. But I think that the Saints are just, they're, they're hot right now. Uh, Buccaneers giving a boatload of points. Uh, I think Survivor should be somewhat easy this week. Tampa Bay is giving yep. 12 and a half at home against Atlanta. Again, stop me if there's something you need to say about any of these games. Otherwise, I will uh, continue through. Uh, now we're to the four o'clock Eastern games. Uh, Minnesota at Arizona. Arizona off what was a tremendous performance, giving four four and a half uh, against Minnesota. Uh, I kind of like Minnesota in this game. I don't think they're that bad, and I don't, I'm not sure that Arizona is that good, so I'm kind of leaning towards Minnesota plus the points in this one. Funny, I'm on the opposite side of that. Oh, could be a mano a mano in uh, week two of the NFL season. Uh, well, all the country will be rooting for the Chargers. America's team takes on the L.A. Chargers. Chargers giving three uh, at home out in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I think that number may be a little bit too high. I hate to say after what we saw from the Cowboys in week one, can't believe what I'm saying, but I think that Justin Herbert and his incredible flow are going to take this game. And how, how about this, by the way, the over under in that game, 55. So if you have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Eckler or Amari Cooper or Prescott Herbert, you're going to play all of those guys this oh, yeah. week. Um, this is a, an interesting game. And Tennessee is, uh, you know, we talked about Derrick Henry and being on the verge. And, God, they could get themselves in big trouble. Uh, Tennessee on the road in Seattle, and they're laying five and a half. You got to love Russell Wilson in this one as well as Seattle has their, their home opener against Tennessee. No doubt, knowing how good that Seahawks defense is, I have some concerns still for that Tennessee offense. Uh, and then Sunday night, great game. And you, you know what? Baltimore finds their backs to the wall as well, not wanting to start 0-2. They play host to Kansas City. Chiefs are laying three and a half. Another game you should see a ton of points. The over-under on that one, 55 and a half. Yeah, I'm really interested, maybe going back to fantasy, to see what those uh, Ravens running backs can do, knowing that the Chiefs gave up so much rushing yardage to the Browns in week one. Uh, yeah, the Browns offensive line was just sensational. We'll see if Lamar Jackson can kind of duplicate that. But I don't. they don't have the same rushing attack uh, as good as they are uh, in Baltimore. And lastly, Green Bay and Detroit, the Monday night special. Uh, Packers are giving 10 and a half against the lowly Detroit Lions. Yeah, maybe feels a little high to me, but... Then again, I think that number has to be that high because we do need to see an Aaron Rodgers-like performance from Aaron Rodgers here in week two. 
Yeah, uh, I think uh, I agree with that as well. All right, so we ran through the numbers. We kind of gave you some initial thoughts. We will be back later in the week where we will give you our picks and really dive into the numbers a little bit deeper. I mean, what a tremendous episode. Now, if you want to get yourself involved, if you have a, a take on the wager, something that we've said you love, something we've said that you do not love, NFL Edge Podcast at gmail.com. We will monitor that. We'll keep an eye on the uh, email constantly. And if you have a good email that comes into our inbox, We will bring it up on air. I will talk to you later in the week, Kristen Rogers. Have a great week. All right. For Kristen Rogers, I'm Dave Rothenberg. This has been the NFL Edge Podcast. 